Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Should listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sherlock, sure listen. 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 Oh, a very good, Benjamin. Thank you very much for that lovely introduction in our last pre-Valentine's Day podcast episode. Or, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. But your look, Benjamin, we don't have time for any of that counting of days because we have loads of things to look at this week, including, first of all, scrolling back up to the top of the notion so I can see the running order. And, Benjamin, yes, very good, including Pickard Season 3. Is is it just the lower decks, but not as good, Benjamin? Also, I've seen Skinnamarink, which all week I thought was called Skinkamarink, but it's not. It's called Skinnamarink. And we have to look at the DC announcements, the new DC universe from James Gunn and his friend Peter. <laughs> is that it? Michael, what? if that wasn't enough, and it really isn't to do a weekly comic book book, uh, no, a weekly comic book podcast. It's not a comic book podcast; no, it's, it's a weekly pop culture podcast. There you go, good man. Michael, you may have noticed I'm a little bit nervous because with us today, in virtual studio, is esteemed guest Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell. Because Michael, what is we it? We want to talk about the circus. <laughs> Yeah, podcasting gold there. Uh, we're joined by Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Hello. That sound follows me everywhere I go. It's just a constant. Oh, that's how it goes. That's what I was going for earlier when I did my one. <laughs> Stephen, I'd imagine that's quite the cliche, which is lucky because what we're here to dispel today, my, uh, Stephen, is bloody circus cliches. Fantastic! We're, it's a world full of them, so I think it'll be a uh, it'll be a tough one for me to dispel them all. But I'll uh, give it the old circus try. Very, oh, good. very good, very good. Now, Stephen, just before we get into our usual running order here, because uh-huh. I've I've there's a placeholder name on this episode, and it's uh, not my circus, not my monkeys, which is mm-hmm. a phrase uttered by managers everywhere and people who get very vexed by other people's behaviour. But you said it's a Polish phrase. Explain that to me. Yeah, as far as I know, it's a Polish phrase that um, uh, it comes to, as you, as you say, when it comes to uh, a situation where, you, you know, this is this is not my job, it's not my responsibility. Um, but yeah, it's pa- apparently, you know, what's the word, uh, you know, legend has it that there were two circuses in town one circus circuses monkeys got free and started running around the town and the uh the ringmaster of the other circus said oh not my circus not my monkeys so uh yeah it's uh it's um the deeper you dive into the contemporary circus world the more you'll realize that puns and wordplay follow us everywhere we go so um if there isn't a circus out or a podcast a circus podcast out there already called not my circus not my monkeys um i can tell you i'll be bringing it to uh Shomer Bug productions uh in the coming months if uh if today is a hit uh, you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen you heard it here first <laughs> Amazing stuff. So that's just that's just a little taster, ladies and gentlemen, of what we can expect through the rest of the episode. Nom 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 nom. Delicious. As they would say. Benjamin. Speaking yeah. of put upon managers, imagine 
the hard work it must be for poor old John Luck Pickard to still be stuck with those same six people showing up in his life 40 years later. He yeah. doesn't look well. Yeah. <laughs> he does not look he well. In the Patrick Stewart. He looks all shaky and old. It's sad. He is, Stephen. That's what happens no. to us. It happens to us all. Look at look at young Benjamin there. Once the picture of youth. <laughs> I'm a wreck. I'm a I wreck. Actually, My knees hurt when I go up the stairs. I actually thought we were on a call with the crypt keeper. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's that. actually just young Benjamin Colopy. Benjamin. <laughs> yes. Look, I don't think anybody loved season two of Pickard. I didn't even watch it. I didn't, didn't even know there was it. a season two of Pickard. There was season two. Remember they fought the Borg Queen? Why would I remember that? I think that actress died recently. She did. She passed away last week. Yeah, she died Anna very young Tish? and very... Something like that. Yeah, very young and very unexpectedly. I've probably oh, been sick. No, I think you're right. It's, it's uh, yeah, very sad altogether. But anyway, um, I don't think anybody was particularly enamoured by the time travelling back to modern day issues. Benjamin, you were <laughs> saying particularly that you have no interest in modern day issues. That's not what I said. You said that exactly. Do you mean modern budget-friendly issues where you don't modern have to pay sets? Exactly, yes. Modern day budget-friendly issues. But this one seems to be kind of... Is it is it fan-baiting? Is it pandering? Or is it just what it should have yes. been the whole time? Yes. <laughs> I, I would go with the, the, the latter-most option of the entire set oh, there. Very this is what Picard should have been. From day one. Star Trek The Next Generation 2. You see yes, now... Electric Boogaloo. I'm going to come in here right now with one of my hot takes. You know I'm famous oh, for is. my hot takes. Here he is with this. his famous hot takes. I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in hot. And I don't want to I don't want to drop the smack down too early. But um, I'm afraid I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Ben. Because what? it would imply... <laughs> it would imply... Your previous statement would imply that there were still some stories to be told from the Next Generation crew and the adventures of the Enterprise. Whereas I would say, yum, 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 chef's kiss, chef's kiss. Leave that alone. It was perfect. It was beautiful. Give us a story about Gene Luck Pickard in his retirement, getting up to James Bond-style adventures, maybe a different adventure every week. That I'm going to watch, that I'm going to have an interest in. Um, but what they did with Pickard instead was one good episode, a bunch of diminishing returns episodes, and then a series, like a whole season, that I don't think anybody outside of Micklesmith watched. So He went back um, in time. He went back in time and solved immigration. Oh. <laughs> they spotted him up in the Priors Wood the other day. But, like, all you have to do is get, like, okay, there's a, a, a Romulan from your past who's now um, out, like, looking for revenge. So you have to catch him before he catches you. Let's do a little, you know, trip around the solar systems uh, trying to catch Stephen, him. The end. Stephen, that was the plot of Star Trek Nemesis. That was word for word the plot <laughs> of Star Trek Nemesis. So okay. to, to go back to your original point, maybe there were no stories left to tell. Maybe about John there Luke were no Pink. stories left to be told. I mean, the Q trial, like it summed everything up. It just, uh, but this, this, this new trailer to get back to the, uh, the topic on your notions, um, I would say is like, is like someone 
is literally on their knees in front of a camera saying, please, Stephen, please watch it. Please watch it and please tell your friends. You have disposable income. You're 42. You grew up watching this. It's got nostalgia value. Please watch it so our advertisers don't kick us out. Please, Stephen, please watch it. Look, look, there's Geordie. There's Worf. He's got grey eyebrows. Come on, please watch it. He has. He has got <laughs> Those grey eyebrows are the stupidest makeup decision it's great. I've ever seen. It's absolutely great. That's what happens to old Klingons, Ben. That's canon. How does Data get old? I don't think it is Data, oh. is it? He's very old. Can I can I admit a shameful secret? Um, Go on. I have twenty. You've actually min- watched all of John Luke Pickard <laughs> seasons one. Now I have twenty minutes left in the last episode of seasons season one of Pickard. And I just can't bring myself to watch it. It's like they, you know, they 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 dug up Data's body when it was nicely buried, and did a big wee all over it. I just can't bring myself to watch it. It's oh, it's so disappointing. Um, season two is yeah, great. That's, a hot take. that's in- just one of my infamous hot takes. Season two is fantastic. Though. They go back in time to modern Los Angeles and deal with immigration. That must be great. It's not. It's just like the the gifted. It's like an episode of the gifted. The, the, FX's notorious X Men series, the gifted. Yes, the gifted with uh, oh god, starring Emma Dumont as Polaris. Oh god, uh, yes, that that sounds terrible. Uh, by the <laughs> way, uh, just to give that that actress her due, it was Annie Wershing. Wershing uh, was her name. Oh. Annie Wershing, hmm. and she passed away at forty five after a two year illness six days ago. Very Stop. young. Very tragic. Not very, good innings, very, very as they'd young. say. Yeah. Very That's young. Yeah. Not by your standards, Ben, obviously, because you were <laughs> decrepit. Decrepit. You were crypt over there. I tell you what, though. Adjective. Speaking of uh, speaking of weird shit that we've seen, we didn't manage to organise an outing to go see Knock at the Cabin. No, we didn't. We all said we would. Yeah. We did an episode specifically looking at the yeah. works of N. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. And we didn't bother. And I said, who wants to go and see this film? Just deadly silence. Just <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Until about half nine that night, one person out of the group of six texted back and said, not me. Absolutely <laughs> the pinnacle of film marketing. So we didn't get to see Knock at the Cabin. So I was left jonesing for a fix, as it were, of some sweet, sweet horror. So I watched the latest indie darling, Benjamin. And I'm surprised you haven't been blasting my ears about this all for years. I, I saw the 2022 film Skinnamarink. Have you ever heard of it or know anything about it? I know nothing about it. You sent a trailer, Michael, and all I remember was not wanting to turn the lights off. Oh, yeah, very creepy and upsetting. Oh, no good. Well, I I watched uh, the same trailer, and um, since I watched the trailer, I've had the Skinnamarink song on loop in my head um, because I'm unfortunate enough to have two very young children who like watching Coco Melon and BB Finn and other things that any parents out there will cringe at the sound of. And Skinnamarink is this awful, awful American song. Um, uh, Skinnamarinky dinky dink, Skinnamarinky do. I won't, I won't sing anymore in case YouTube takes us down. Mm. But um, th- that's just been on loop in my head. So I can only imagine this is some kind of child-based horror. So here's a bit of the backstory, right? 
it's it's made by it's very it's very micro budget movie, and it's made by a YouTube film producer who started off doing YouTube shorts and doing Reddit shorts. Oh, very good. And I didn't even know that Reddit shorts existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, it's just, uh, hey, guys, go check out my YouTube video. But posting <laughs> that on Reddit. But uh, And then and then 10 minutes later, the mod's going, hey, yeah. no self-promotion. No self-promotion. <laughs> Michael and Benjamin's podcast.com. So, so, then, so then you say, hey, guys, um, my friends do this cool podcast. Yeah, yeah. I thought you guys might be interested. Very good. I, I did that. I did that yeah, on no, Reddit. That's what, yeah. That's what we were saying. Yeah, spoilers, Stephen. Um, we don't have any friends. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's how they rumpled you. So, anyway, look, Skin and Rink. So, the director made this film, and this is the weirdest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. To it the, looked it. Hmm? It looked it. Yeah. yeah. To the point is it, where... Is it... Oh, sorry, go on. No, go on. I'd like to hear what you're going to ask me. Well, because... so I, 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 you know, I wanted to do a little bit of research ahead of today's show. And from what I can gather, it's like a slideshow. It's like mostly still images for two hours. So it is barely a film. I, I, I don't think you could call it a film. I saw a very interesting YouTube video the other day on the language of cinema. And this mm. is a film... A film, in inverted commas, which kind of doesn't speak that language. Yes. For example, we never see a human face in the entire thing. What? There are people in it, but the camera never points at them. Because the camera is pretty much always fixed on a point. And the point is a point that doesn't make sense. Like just the upper left corner of the room. Or a gap under a door. And things might be happening in the room and people might be talking, sparingly, but the camera never points at them. And they might be in the middle of a sentence and we cut to a different room, to a different shot. And we can kind of hear that in a room where we just were, people were talking. But now it's just muffled. And it is not, it it is barely a film. Michael, yes. did you go and watch an NCAD final year grad show? Yes, pretty much. It is very okay. much like, but two hours. Ouch. That sounds very much like an NCAD final year grad show. Yeah. It's very much experimental. And it's a hard watch. You have it's to really boring. be in the mood for that, though. Yes, exactly. Eggs act Lee. Um, or do a lot of drugs. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Because I think the whole point of it is, is it captures, it is a two hour fever dream of a film, but not in the sense that Thor Ragnarok is a fever dream or uh, like it's a literal, this is what a horrible dream feels like. This is what a dream when you have a migraine and you've managed to go to sleep. And everything is just fragmentary and weird and unpleasant. I was in Belfast once. Um, in the, uh, <laughs> it was like in, this. <laughs> and it was like this. Just the entire city was like this. Everyone was out of focus. I didn't see anyone's face. No, it wasn't. I love Belfast. I, was, Belfast. I'll just repping my Belfast circus homies out there. I love Belfast. 
Belfast is great. So anyway, I was in Belfast and I went to bed with a migraine in a weird place. And I just had weird half awake, half asleep, slightly panicky. One of the most awful nights of my life. And this film is like watching that for two hours. That seems awful. It is. It is awful. I couldn't in all, in all, it's awful. It's interesting, but it's awful. Yeah. I I couldn't recommend this to anyone. You see, there's a part of me that's really intrigued by this. And there's a part of me that's like, oh, cool. That sounds great. And, you know, uh, I love the idea of a micro budget, you know, kind of doing well virally in, you know, this day and age. And, you know, it, it kind of harkens back to the Blair Witch and all that. And, but... I just think if it's if it's literally, you know, um, would it be akin to those sections in 2001 where... No, uh, no, oh. much, much worse than that. This is unwatchable. Oh. Oh. But fascinating. Shudder's all about that, though. I think you have to look at the, the network this is being released on. So Shudder is, is horror's premier streaming service. Yes, go on. And Shudder is probably putting the most amount of funding into weird out there horror projects and it's really it's really as we say here on the podcast michael it's a real throw your pasta at the wall and see what sticks kind of method Mm. but it does tend to produce the occasional odd pasta gem i I don't even know if you'd call this a gem this is barely a film like Blair, oh. Blair Witch, Blair Witch draws a lot of comparisons to it. But Blair, Blair Witch, despite its innovation, and Blair Witch is a film. Mm-hmm. It's a film. It has a narrative. Sure, it's vague, and the ending is weird. And but this is hard to watch. But I'll never watch it again. I don't think, and I can't honestly recommend watching it. But. I have been thinking about it a lot since it ended. Yeah. And isn't that the point of an NCAD yeah. final year grad show? It's That's the dope. National College of Art and Design, by the way, for our international <laughs> listeners. Ben's taking a stab at the middle classes of Ireland. But it's middle like that. Upper. I suppose a lot of artworks are like that. It's like, it might not be for you, but is it might still be fair to say that the world is richer for its existence. So, you know, maybe yes. it's enough to kind of say... Uh, you know, I won't recommend it or I didn't enjoy it, but, you know, I'm glad it exists as an avenue of exploration. But that's me be- trying to be generous. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, it's just shy. <laughs> Speaking of things that might make the world richer for their existence or might just be shy, we got a massive announcement. <laughs> a big huge pile. Yeah, just we got a stack that's going to keep us going throughout this entire podcast. James Gunn got up there on the YouTubes and gave us a whole rake of announcements for his new sequence for DC. He's going to expand the DCEU. Yeah, mm-hmm. looks a bit disjointed, doesn't it? Ah, uh, well, look, everything looks a bit disjointed. Well, speaking of disjointed, can I ask a question? Do you remember the episode of The Simpsons with the gummy Venus de Milo? Uh, where Homer is brought onto that uh, hard-hitting, you know, shock jock video journalist show, and they edit his speech so as he keeps saying that sweet can, sweet sweet can, sweet can. Yes. Do, do you remember that episode? 
I why did they? Episode. Why did they edit James Gunn's speech like that? Why did it jump around in and out of and like? It, it seemed like in mid word it was jumping wide, close, wide, close, close, wide. Like, did he was 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 like did he just ramble for five hours and they cut six minutes out of it or probably like I hazard a guess that is exactly what happened. It's it's the same effect that you get in every. 30 second TikTok trailer for an upcoming movie. You just have like Ka Kang and he's talking about Scott Lang and he's like, Scott Lang, you are the ant man, but I will help you to travel back in time if you don't fight me now. Like, that was actually season two of Picard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's just, it's just get them to, please get them to say the line. I miss the day when they would record some lines specifically for the trailer instead of just jumble cutting bullshit together to make someone say something they didn't say. So I I think there's two very clear things happening here. First of all, the announcement itself was much longer uh, for journalists and news outlets. Journos. Journos. Mm. And so what happened in order to make that digestible to uh, a planet that has a shorter attention span than... Anything hey, known before hey, this? Hey, I watched Skinnamarink for two hours. <laughs> yeah, and you're you're worse off for it. Maybe a shorter attention span would have done you well. <laughs> yeah, there we go. He's looking off into the distance, being that this is not a visual medium, ladies and gentlemen. You may have missed that. But anyway, the other thing is, I, I hazard a guess that one James Gunn is a man who enjoys an off-the-cuff ramble. And I think occasionally Warner Brothers execs go, oh, Christ, rein it in. Make it tight. Just tighten it up. up. Tighten that up. Tighten Um, that up. But we got some... Sorry, go ahead. No, that's what I'm saying. Tighten it up. Tighten it up. Anyway, we got got a series of announcements here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) including Superman Legacy, which is going to be a Superman film. But thank Christ, ladies and gentlemen, not an origin story. Oh, good. Oh, but how are we going to know where he comes from? I don't know. Um, I think he comes from space. Uh, some kind of planet called Klingon, I think is the name of the planet. Oh, yeah. White eyebrows. White, White eyebrows. And his father, Picard, yeah. puts him in a ship Hard, yeah. and sends him to the Borg homeworld. Oh. And where then they play Quidditch. he discovers some powers. Yeah. Yeah. On a vineyard. Oh, right. He grows good. up on a vineyard you're, you're just and getting, discovers that he has great powers. You're just getting mixed up with Picard now, Ben, I think. Oh, yeah. I've done that. Sorry. Um, Probably Benjamin, shouldn't start episodes with Picard. Benjamin, yes. What's Superman Legacy about? Tell me. Superman Legacy is going to be about Superman balancing his Kryptonian and human cultural upbringings. Oh. Uh, and trying to find a balance between the two. It is rumoured... Uh, given the graphics that were displayed with it, that it's probably going to be based on a Superman for all seasons by one Wee Granty M. Wee Granty Morrison. Wee Granty Morrison. Is Wee Granty M now just like doing everything? Like it seems that a lot of the 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 the, the new slate is off Granty M. Uh, books. I don't know how they say books in Scotland. I'm sorry. Books. Books. But there's possibly a solid reason for this and the reason for that is one of the most successful DC properties of the last while is bizarrely Doom Patrol oh yeah oh, go on Doom Patrol gets a consistent viewership and rave fan reviews for its dedication to the weirdness that it comes from and it's almost entirely based 
on Grant Morrison's run on Doom Patrol. And I think... Benjamin! Yes? Shut up for a second, though. Is Doom Patrol on the sheet? Doom Patrol wasn't on the sheet for... Why is Doom Patrol not on the sheet? I think Doom Patrol I don't know. I think it might have run its course. I think it might be wrapping up this season. Yeah, I think season three or season four is finished because I remember someone asking, or seeing someone had asked Brendan Fraser about it, but I don't remember what he said. But I'd say he'd command a, a sizable penny now. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, in in that particular case, that's done quite well. Um, And weird stuff is doing well because Peacemaker was also a runaway hit at the start of last year. Mm -hmm. And that was odd as shit. That was was, uh, James Gunn. Yeah, if you're looking for an odd as shit comic book run, look Mm -hmm. no further than the latex wearing, smooth headed, bloody drug trip that is We Grant M. Oh, We Grant M. I thought that was coming from me. Benjamin! No, no, is no, Superman no. Legacy the one where he where he goes into the sun and and he's got too much powers? He's got too much juice. Is that he's this got one? the juice? But it's too oh. much juice. Is that not All Star Superman? Eh, uh, possibly. What's Superman Legacy? What's Grant Ian done about Superman Legacy? Because, but I think that's a Superman for all seasons, which is also a Jeff Loeb We Grant Ian. Is it? Double hit. I think it's based on both of those properties, Michael. But I would have to double check that. What's going to go on in this? Then is it, is it going to be who's doing Superman? We haven't picked that yet. That hasn't oh. been discussed yet. That's not coming out till twenty twenty five. Um, so they have a bit of time. Not a lot of time. No, they want to get rolling on that. They want to get rolling on that. Well, I'd say I'd say you're in a cha- in with a chance for it, Mick. I'd say. I mean, you know, have you sent in your tape yet? Or I'll send in my. I'll send in a tape. Why not? Yeah. That's how Barry Keown got the Joker in, in Batman. <laughs> I'm not kidding. But Barry Keown sent in... Uh, Barry Keown made his own audition tape for the Riddler. Um, and he sent oh. it in as a gag. Because he found out that his buddy Colin was on. And he said, fuck it, I'll give it a go. And he did. And uh, the director, Matt Reeves, said, oh, "You're not. Uh, I probably won't give you Riddler. But come here to me. Have you thought about this one? Have you ever heard of a and that's how he got that called, gig. Have you ever heard of a little character called Mostly Cut Out of the Film Inmate Number 2? <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Have you ever heard of him? So, where we might actually see a bit more of that, Michael, was the other announcement that was made. That is the Batman 2, which will be out in 2025. So that's been confirmed on the slate. Oh, very good. That's with Robert Pattinson. Which is going to be an Elseworld. Isn't that right? It's, it's 100% a separate correct. So, okay, yeah, so we so still are going to have separate Batmans? Can you say Batman? Yes. Is it Batman? Yeah, I, too yeah. many Batmen spoil the broths, or too many Batmen <laughs> spoil the Belfry, as men. the saying goes. Um, so, but, so but they will be in the cinema s- essentially simultaneously, but representing different timelines. Am I correct in making that assumption? So, you are correct in making that assumption. So one of the one of the most Great. interesting things to come out of this slate of announcements was uh, James Gunn has said that there's going to be consistency in voice acting and representation of these characters. And what he means by that is, if there's someone playing Batman on the big screen, mm. he that that same actor will do the voice acting should they be in a video game or in a television series. Yes. Now that has that has caused consternation. Um, because one of the things that has always kind of marked DC apart is that lots of different actors get to play different characters at different points. Um, so th- there's been a bit of controversy there, and you know one of the one of the best examples of that is probably Batman the Animated Series, where we got the the dream team of 
Kevin Conroy, may he rest in peace, and Mark Hamill as their respective characters. But it'll be interesting to see that and what happens there. Benjamin, Batman Robin, though, what's it called? Batman and Robin? World's Great? Batman and Robin. Is that just what it's going to be called? But that's taken. No, Batman Uh, the Brave and the Bold. Batman the Brave and the Bold is going to be the name of the the new one. And, Michael, that is rumoured to be based on another Wee Grantiem storyline. Yeah, we grant again Batman and Robin from 2011, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that was where Dick Grayson took over as uh, Batman. Dick Grayson of the Flying Graysons. Of the Flying uh, Graysons, which we'll hear more from later on today, ladies and gentlemen. Nom, 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 nom. And uh, yeah, so that's what we that's what we heard there. And then, but apparently it's still going to be Bruce Wayne because uh, James Gunn has been very clear and said that it's going to be a father-son based. Yeah. So it's going to be Bruce and Wee Damien Wayne. Mm. Wee Damien Wayne making his live-action debut. Oh, very exciting. Wait, wasn't Damien Wayne in Series 2 of the Titans? Oh, was he? He might have been. There was a... His big... There was an A-hole... His big screen debut. Yeah, his big screen. But I got really excited when I saw that it was going to be Batman the Brave and the Bold because I thought it was going to be a a, a cinematic um, retelling of the cartoon, Batman the Brave and the Bold. But it's not using Diedrich Bader. Yeah, because I really, really, yeah. really like that cartoon, and I show my kids it frequently, even though they don't want to watch it. It's very good. Um, it's mad. It's brilliant. It's it's chaos. You're telling me there's going to be a Waller TV show? Yeah. So I mean, I I think I think it would be fair to say that we we might have seen that coming, in in terms of it being James Gunn helming these projects. But Waller wow. is getting her own kind of, uh, I guess, a Suicide Squad spin-off. And given the success of Peacemaker and The Suicide Squad from James Gunn, that's probably not shocking that we're going to keep doing that. They will be delighted with that announcement because Viola Davis has just achieved the coveted EGOT title. Oh, um, what has she got? Uh, she has She has just won an Emmy, a Golden Globe, an Oscar, and a Tony. Oh. So that's the EGOT. She has recently joined the hallowed ranks of a real all-rounder. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. Um, yeah, so that's a, a very big deal for her. But um, that will be interesting. I'd imagine it's going to be a spy-esque kind of thing. Lots of wet work. Oh. Lots of bloody uh, intrigue, clandestine meetings and the like, with a good sprinkling of James Gunn humour. Oh, maybe some aliens, because there was lots of aliens Hopefully. in Probably. the, uh, the yeah. Peacemaker, surprisingly. We'll probably get yeah. We'll probably get quite a few aliens in there as well. The one that I am quite intrigued by is <laughs> apparently we're getting a true detective style Green Lantern series. That was oh. f- what a what a pairing! That was a, a, an now, exciting announcement. If I get Matthew McConaughey as Hal Jordan, I will wet myself <laughs> with joy. I prefer Woody Harrelson. <laughs> I it, he could be Guy Gardner. If there is if there is not a more perfect Guy Gardner in the world in terms of attitude, language, general vibe. Woody Harrelson is a perfect, if not a little bit older, mm. Guy Gardner. Yeah, he's a little bit old a, now to be Green Lantern about the place, to be honest. He's a perfect shout. I, w- I would take him as Kilowog. Let him be the voice of a big CGI Kilowog. We've Done. already had a big CGI Kilowog, Ben, and nobody wanted it. <laughs> yeah, but you see, this is different, Michael, because it's going to be a TV series and they're going to drive up and down the country in a Mustang. Yeah. Oh. And it's going to be... It's going to be Sinestro committing cult-like murders oh. and Hal Jordan going, it's all about willpower, man. Willpower, that's what you need. <laughs> W-I-L-L, willpower. 
<laughs> I, I'm really excited at the idea of um, a space, the Yellow King. Uh, wasn't that the baddie in, uh, in yeah. the first series of True Except Detective? Exactly. Except this time the Yellow King will be a massive Sinestro Corpse construct that is actually just a Yellow that King. Cool. Ooh, very exciting. I think nom, Stephen nom, 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 nom. Cadwell is really doing Matthew McConaughey a real disservice by overshadowing him as this week's main guest. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should have. We I should didn't have even gotten. notice he was here until he just snuck a, a sentence in there sideways. <laughs> I tell you what, though, as well, this, is Supergirl happening? Is Supergirl going to be the same Supergirl from the Flash or a different Supergirl from the Flash? Different Supergirl. So what, what we're getting here, um, Tom King released this series. Uh, My Woman friend, of tomorrow, friend Tom and- King. Not your, not your friend, Tom King. Not mixed friend, Tom King. Uh, this is Tom King, the comic book maestro. Oh, that uh, Tom King. In this particular case, him and uh, Bilquis Evely, um, mm. who people may know from the Dreaming series that uh, DC released there a while ago. Um, they came up with this Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, and it's a very, very hard sci-fi look at Kara's origins in the DCU. And it's a hard-hitting kind of look at what would happen if someone witnessed their entire homeworld actually burn up and was old enough to be conscious of the the weight of that. Um, and it's a, a PTSD across the galaxy kind of vibe. That sounds brilliant. Yeah, I think it sounds really cool. It's one of the ones I'm most excited about. I get a feeling that James Gunn might Guardians of the Galaxy in the DC US. Oh. But... Look but I don't think that aliens. would be too shabby. Mm. Mm. But if it was sad Guardians of the Galaxy instead of happy Guardians of the Galaxy, that would be very interesting. They've tried that a couple of times with Guardians of the Galaxy. They've tried sad Guardians of the Galaxy, but then nobody likes Chris Pratt anymore, See, so it doesn't work as well. Yeah. Now it's like, oh no, Star-Lord is so sad. And then everyone's like, good. Yeah. <laughs> good. good. Serves him right. Fuck that guy anyway. <laughs> I tell you what, though, yeah, he better not be sad around the next character because anyone who knows sadness burns at the touch of the swamp thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> the glee on Michael Leonard's face at the moment. Uh, earlier this year, we we got our first live screen adaptation of the Man Thing from oh, they Marvel Comics, and those are different, oh, but are, not are very. Different? Sorry, Ben, I didn't um, know. Have I upset you there by, by mixing those up? So. Swamp Thing is getting another movie outing, uh, Michael. Um, and he had an ill-fated series back in 2019. He was on Amazon Prime for a while for three Swamp episodes, Thing. three. <laughs> and then yeah. they made yeah they made the entire series, but they never released it. Oh, I only watched two. Yeah, I only ever got a three episode release. Mm. And yeah, so the Swamp Thing is coming back. Very little information on any of these. These are all placeholders. At the moment, um, I, I hazard a guess this might be a Marvel Phase 4 style thing where everybody goes, oh, yeah, we were going to do that. And now we're not. Now we're going to change everything. <laughs> mm, remember that in Humans movie. That was really good. <laughs> that was going to be. Yeah, that was great. That was a real home it's, run. Uh, for, for Swamp Thing's going to be based off the old um, Big Alan, isn't it? Alan Moore. I would imagine, yeah, there is a very good new Swamp Thing run out there based around a new host for the green. Um, it's a, an American Indian, not Native American, American Indian uh, based Alec Holland. 
uh, well, it's not Alec Holland, it's a new character, and it's all about his connection with the green, and it has a touch of uh, very, very good eco-warrior oh. kind of climate consciousness about it. It's a very good new So one. he's Indian in the sense of being from the subcontinent, his family. So what you're saying is Rahul Cooley is going to play Swamp Thing. I mean, I don't see why not. Because that would give us a great chance of getting him on this podcast. I mean, and when Get I say us, here. I mean talk you. about Warhammer. Yeah, because we want him and uh, him and him and Henry Cavill are going to take over from you two, aren't they? Isn't that That's the plan? That's the plan. That's the gig. <laughs> That's the gig. Do I still get to I'm come on every six months as a guest? Yes, but you'll be played by Matthew McConaughey. Oh, okay, okay. Well, That's, that's the whole fair. point. That's yeah. fair. So as as you know, uh, Stephen, this is actually a, a centuries-old ancestral curse, and until someone <laughs> willingly takes the podcast off us, we can't actually stop that doing is how the, That's how we got yeah, it. Yeah, in the 90s, you, that's how you watched a video and then answered a phone, and suddenly you have to uh, you have to be on a podcast every week, every Tuesday now. Yeah. Every Tuesday, that was that actually took quite a bit of spiritual bargaining mm. to to make that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, Benjamin, <laughs> go on. I tell you what, people are liking The Last of Us, aren't they? Oh, Michael, I am all cut up on The Last of Us, and even though last week, Michael, I was a bit disparaging of The Last of Us. Yeah, you were. I was a bit disparaging of The Last of Us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do spoilers um, from here on out because I have watched episodes three and oh, four. Dear. Oh no. <laughs> Cover your earballs, Stephen. I oh, might no. just I might just head out. <laughs> I've only seen the first episode because I've 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 had pneumonia and I've been very sick and uh I haven't been able to fly Don't over to Don't you come to... on here. Oh, Don't t- you t- come t- on here and tell us that you were sick and couldn't watch television. Oh, uh Benjamin, I don't think you're going to use that tone with me now, are you? Oh, here we Bearing go. Bearing in mind. Oh, 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 Benjamin. I, I think the listeners might need to be set, let, let in on a little secret. A little Just secret. A little glimpse who's the, who's in charge Just a, now? A little glimpse behind the curtain here, ladies and gentlemen. Since we last recorded, Stephen and Ben have entered a dom-sub relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what, it makes it a little bit awkward to be around them when it starts getting a bit juicy. He, he, if if he wants to play in my dungeon, he has to call me master. And uh, we all know that's the way it's been. It's been very... Look, I brought that on myself, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Stephen, if you'd like to go and make yourself a cup of tea while we talk Benjamin, about the just talking vagaries, please. Just talking... I well, don't no, like okay. vagaries. You can spoil it. I'm, I'm only jesting, for I have played both games twice. So I'm very familiar with the story. So unless well, there's you know, massive shifts away from the plot. I am... There are a I few big shifts, are caught up. Well, well Stephen, unfortunately, <laughs> episode three is a massive shift away from the plot. That's the not it. Uh, not too huge, but it is fairly significant. I have not seen an episode of TV this raved about for quite a while. Absolutely I think this... beloved. Yeah, absolutely beloved. So episode three features two characters from the games, Frank and Bill. Mm-hmm. And in the games, I believe they're just crime partners, um, but in in the or just two smuggling buds. I but don't think. In, well, I don't think they are Ben. I think they are. No, I think they're they're lovers. I think yeah. is. Oh, are they lovers yeah. in the thing? Okay, ben, good. Give, well, I mean, in this case, to give you a I big wink, believe... Ben, they are a pair of smuggling buds. If you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I, I do believe they in the. It's explicit in the game. Like, it is. Yeah, I think yeah. you might oh, have I to find played it, their, so I wasn't um, sure. I think you might have to read it in one of their diaries, as opposed to. Um, they're explicitly said 
during gameplay. Mm. But um, I always understood them to be uh, a partnership of the romantic variety. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would love to well, see Stephen... how it could come up during game. Don't shoot me, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot me, I'm a gay fella. <laughs> to which Ellie would reply, so what? So and, what? Uh, and, and stab him with a knife attached to the end of a baseball bat. Yeah. Um, but Stephen, in this, there's there's nothing left to the imagination. It is very, it is a very open and uh, quite a beautiful retelling of their relationship. Um, so very early in the episode, we flash back to 2003 and we meet Nick Offerman's uh, Bill, and Bill is a doomsday prepper, and he is delighted. He's a real uh, libertarian, don't tread on me doomsday prepper, and he's delighted that the world is now empty, and he builds himself a little compound in the town he used to live in, and then one day, who should fall into one of his many, 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 many mushroom-infected people traps but Frank? Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, they fall in love. And Frank, it's off, Frank off White Lotus. Frank off White Lotus. Frank off White Lotus. Manager. Him off the White Lotus. Yeah, yeah. Is is Frank a, 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 um, uh, an authentically Australian man, or is the White Lotus an accent, or does he do an American accent in this show? He's an authentically Australian man with an American accent in this show. To be fair, Excellent. though. To be fair. It's so rare to see an American on TV that isn't played by an Australian. I don't think we'd notice. <laughs> Yes. Anna Torv also an Australian. I oh, think. Anna Torv! I'm so happy she's back on American TV. For those, for us fringers out there, you know the few, the few, the proud fringers. She was, she was great in that show. Long may it last, Stephen. Long may oh, it last. Yeah. Long may she reign. Although, having played the game, <laughs> <laughs> you really haven't caught up much in. in I kind of know what so show far. she's. I kind of know what happens to her. Probably about ten minutes into episode two, but. So. This this love story is genuinely one of the most beautiful cinematic love stories I've ever seen put to TV. Um, so much so that uh, the show's creators have said that there's a two-hour cut and fans are now demanding it. We demand um, it. Oh, that's lovely. D- demanding it in a Schneider Cut-esque rant. Um, and then... I, I genuinely cried while watching The Last of Us Episode 3, uh, and I have no shame in saying that. It was one of the most beautiful things I've seen um, on television in a very long time. And then Episode 4 was just more of the video game, but in live action with Pedro Pascal <coughs> and, and Ellie. Sorry, just, it, it almost sounded there like Benjamin was being disparaging about video games as narrative, as narrative storytelling devices. I'm not. But there is very little action involvement in a television series, whereas that is what keeps you very focused in gameplay. Yeah. Did they spend two um, hours searching through buildings for bottles? They, they, not, they don't, not actually. <laughs> not 100% along those lines, um, but we flesh out the world a bit more. However, this time I will say that the relationship between Ellie and Joel, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey is improved tenfold and is actually a joy to watch. It is It is really fast becoming one of my favourite shows. I think it's really well done and there's phenomenal character work and chemistry there. But Michael's giving me the roll it up, Benjamin, sign. So that brings us on to the main reason we have one Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell with us. Hello. Hi there. How's it going? What is that, Ben? What is the main reason? We have created this episode specifically for Stephen J. Cadwell just to get him on the podcast. Just to get him on to ourselves... Do you know who hasn't been on the podcast in a while? Stephen J. Cadwell. Do you know what he loves? Circus. He does, mm-hmm. Benjamin. Let's so we, get him on there. 
In excitement, in, in anticipation, Benjamin, we put up a little poll on the Instagram. You refused to put it on Discord, Benjamin. I said, are you going to put it on Discord? And you said, I will fucking not in my life. And I said, all right. He well, that- hates us on the Discord. He hates us. So I said, don't worry. Well, I'll put it up, Benjamin. And, and we didn't. put up who's your favourite circus superhero and we put up MCU Hawkeye old Robin himself Dickie Grayson old dead man himself Boston Brand and from the what circus is he from? The Munich National Circus? The Super German Circus Yeah he's from <laughs> Ein Super German Gesirkusnant <laughs> Kurt Wagner and I'll tell you what Kurt Wagner took an early lead but Dickie Grayson himself, Benjamin, the most famous circus performer in media, ended up taking the win with 38% of the votes. We had a Thank few write-ins as well. Thanks to everyone who oh, voted. Oh, who were the write-ins? There were a few write-ins. Ben, the first write-in said, MCU Hawkeye does not have a circus performing background, you fucking donut. That's yeah, the first that's thing that true. somebody wrote in. I would have said that. If and I had been allowed. <laughs> the second thing that somebody wrote in was Dumbo, which I think is a great shout. Yeah, no. Great shout. Good. One of the original flying superheroes, Dumbo. Yeah. <laughs> but, Stephen, that leads to me, it leads me to a very important question. If I join the circus, yes. will I have to inevitably don a domino mask, a brightly coloured costume and fight crime with a very grumpy man who should probably go to therapy. Um, yes. I'm actually going to therapy already, Ben, so I don't <laughs> care about your little snide jabs. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so most most circus people that I would know would fit into the bracket of superhero. Um, most of the ones that I work with are uh, uh, incredibly... Um, moral, incredibly athletic, um, super folk. Uh, but whether whether you have to do it is really it's it, you know circus is all about choice. Um, <laughs> but just to explain why um, the delightful uh, Mickles and Benjamina have invited me on, um, I should say that it's not just because I love circus; it's also because I used to work for, um, kind of still do, uh, a circus. Uh, it was called Galway Community Circus, and big shout out to all my circus family. And um, I used to work for them for a number of years, and I'm also as a, a, a doctor, I did um, not a medical doctor, a doctor of philosophy. I did a, what they call a post doc, which is a kind of a an add on you can do after you finished your PhD and you still don't want to get a real job. Um, and I did a I did a, a European funded post doc in youth and social circus. So I've written a few articles about youth and social circus and I've worked for a number of circuses and I've helped put on many, many, many circus shows. And most recently I've uh, was talking about the circus down in Galway at a conference in what used to be NUIG, which is now University College Galway. And, um, I have a short film, short documentary coming out soon from the um, University of Montreal uh, being published by them in a new journal about a circus project, uh, a tightrope walking circus project. So I, I, my background is mostly academic and job related in circus, um, but also it's a very, very, very small world. So I do know 
most circus people in Ireland, I'm pleased to say, and a lot of circus people from around the world. And I would be very confident in describing them all as superheroes. But there are one or two who are circus villains. Oh. Uh, they are definitely in the supervillain category. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like the Joker's uh, henchmen are often depicted as like kind of weird clowns, you know, the clown prince of uh, crime. Uh, so... Uh, Nothing funny about clowns is what we always say. You know, they're very, very serious people. You don't want to don't want to make too many jokes at their expense. Are clowns very serious people in real life? Oh, hugely, hugely. Clowns and clowning is one of the most uh, uh, serious topics of discussion in my world. And um, so the area that I normally work in is uh, what we call youth circus, uh, which are youth and social circus to put the full name on it but that's where you use circus as a tool to help people who are marginalized by you know their age their economic status by you know whether they might be in recovery whether they might be in um you know uh you know kind of having having trouble with the legal system you know physical mental disabilities anything like that so circus being used as a tool for um uh physical and social uh support and help um but uh one of the uh weird things we've noticed is that most directors of youth circus organizations are clowns because they're all very serious and they don't like joking about things and they That's spend hilarious. most of their time yeah yeah like uh a late a late the late great will chamberlain was an amazing clown incredibly funny um and he put belfast community circus on the map and he was one of the primary figures in uh, youth and social circus in Ireland, if you take it as the 32 counties. I mean, he was based in Belfast and he was an Englishman himself, but he was, uh, he passed away a few years ago, but he was a absolutely hilarious individual, um, but incredibly serious at the same time, which was very jarring when you're trying to have a pint with him. Uh, so, <laughs> but, um, I would say, yeah, he, he, he definitely could have gone the villain route. He could have, you know, held the country to ransom if he wanted to, but, uh, fortunately he went the hero route. Stephen, I would just say that Ben very much does count the 32 counties as Ireland, just on that note. But also, <laughs> um, just as a quick question then, what do what do circus what do real circus people think about the prevalence of clowns being baddies in movies? What what like what about the likes of Pennywise the clown or the terrifier or any of the infinite essentially knockoffs yeah. of the scary clown trope coming to get you? <laughs> I mean <laughs> I would say for the majority of people that I would know at this stage, it's just kind of boring at this stage it's like it's like i think what kind of annoys circus people more is when politicians if they've done something terrible get compared to circus people and clowns that's when it gets really annoying because it's like hey we're out here doing our best to entertain and to make life nicer for people so i think we're <laughs> weirdly if we associate circus people with a demon who eats children they'd be like oh yeah whatever but if you were to associate this with donald trump we'd be like hey no that's, oh, leave that's, it out. that's a bridge too far um, that's fair but yeah it's uh i think uh um the the, the kind of the horror clown thing it's like it's you know 
I'm sure people from Romania get sick of it as well, uh, you know, being associated with Transylvanian vampires. Um, but it, yeah, it's 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 more of a, an annoyance, uh, a mild annoyance, I would say, rather than a serious issue. Stephen, you were saying that um, young people are brought into the world of circus to help them deal with issues or give them a sense of community or teach mm-hmm. them skills and stuff like that. Yeah. But in, in, in comic books and television, any time we ever see it, they're already fully developed people and the circus leads them to some sort of tragedy. So it seems yes. like the opposite. Yes. Well, you see, this is why I think Dick Grayson is actually a great example. Um, one of the things we talk about in the youth circus world is that you don't, it, it, it kind of gets a bit pop psychology here. But one of the things you really learn in youth circus is how to fail and how to be okay with failing. So you, you learn how to fail. Often you learn how to fall uh, and you learn how to drop your, you know, your juggling objects or how to fall off your unicycle safely. And you learn how to fail. And so I think that's, there's always a, a, a risk associated with circus. It's one of the things that makes it different from other art forms. It's if, if you're, if you're, audience are fully aware that what you're doing is without risk and is totally safe it's probably not going to be a very entertaining circus show but if your audience have even a shadow of a doubt that you might hurt yourself um that 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 means they are committed to a risk and they're more engaged in what you're doing and they are, are more impressed by the skill you're showing um, so there's always this wonderful element of risk, but not not necessarily danger. So when you talk about Dick Grayson and how his parents fell, that that was they died doing trapeze, wasn't it? Flying trapeze. Well, they were sabotaged. Yes. They, were they were sabotaged. sabotaged. Yeah. So interestingly, the exact same as Boston Brand. Mm. Uh, oh, Boston Brand was also an aerialist who was sabotaged. I think you could have said that much more artistically, Benjamin. I remember a Sega Mega Drive game from the early 90s called um, Eternal Champions. I don't remember it. It's here. I have it, actually. It's in my hand. I can't find it. Where is it? Is it there? Oh, you can't see me. Of course, the listeners can't see me. Um, but it's here. it's here somewhere. I'll find it in a second. But one of my favourite characters from that was a kind of a different uh, a take on the circus performer. She was a, a circus trapeze artist. Mm-hmm. And her name was Jetta. And she refused to go along with um, the machinations of the local crime syndicate. And they sabotaged her trapeze while she was performing. And then she died. Oh. Oh. And is that the... Like, so, oh, the game is supernatural. Well, so, so she comes back to life to, 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 to fight in a fighting tournament. It was a 90s okay. video game, Stephen. <laughs> is she an undead aerialist revenge plot? Yes. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, but that's my Ooh. point. That's exactly the same as well, as Deadman, as Boston Brandt. Yeah, one of the one of the interesting things is my friend Jess is a flying trapeze artist. So when you said Jetta, I got very excited for a minute, but she didn't get is she mixed an up undead the... flying trapeze artist. No, as far as I know, she's still alive. She's a, a stunt oh, woman now in New Zealand. Oh, very uh, good. Yeah, which is great. Um, that's great. Yeah, that's interesting. But um, Deadman, I think, is uh, one of the better portrayals of a circus person because um, in the few... um, Oh, there she is. Mick's now showing me a a slightly weathered uh, but near-mint Sega Mega Drive edition of uh, Eternal Champions. Um, 
which looks like it would be a real button smasher. Um, but I, what I like about Dead Man is it really taps into what we would call the trad circus style, um, which would be the traditional kind of Ringling Brothers in America or um, over here, Fawcett's or Duffy's, uh, you know, the, very much the kind of the, the, the you know, the, the, the traveling circus that perform in a big top. And um, you have your, you know, quite often you'd have animals associated with it. But I loved Dead Man in the few issues that I read when I was younger. Um, I loved the style that it was that he had that kind of freak show element that there was that kind of sideshow uh, aspect to um uh his character and its aesthetic um because of course when we talk about side shows we literally mean the show that's beside the big top so you had your big top circus and then you had a smaller tent beside it where you'd have your niche performers um so uh so you know when we say sideshow it's actually uh, referencing the physical layout of a circus uh, a circus big top but it's um i th- i think deadman was great and i'm surprised he hasn't been um picked up for you know modern retellings dead man remains one of the very popular kind of cult characters that will get a big cheer if he appears in a in a thing almost like a howard the duck in the marvel yeah. universe mm. um yeah. he's a very useful plot device that comes in a lot but unfortunately he's very 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 pastiche in terms of the way he yeah. talks and acts um so it's a little bit tough to bring to screen mm-hmm you can do a big flip um, a lot of the time. You can do. <laughs> uh, but what I love is that uh, um, a lot of the people that I, uh, I know can do flips as well. Now, personally, I can't, but um, they often do flips. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, make you'd you'd fit in so well with the old circus gang. Um, you just could flip and jump and grab things and climb. You'd absolutely love it. And you can do a big flip. Um, <laughs> Come here to me though. Here's the other thing though, right? The other thing that happens in the circus in 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 pop culture with the circus is either there's evil there's evil clowns. We've dealt yeah. with them. They're politicians. Yeah. Um. Then there's falling off a trapeze and dying. And yeah. the third most common trope is being brought into the circus and taught a lot of skills. And then it turns out that the circus were the baddies. Yeah. All along. All along. The most famous of those is Ringmaster, the character Ringmaster, who yes. famously trained... Who did Ringmaster train, Ben? He got She-Hulk, but he also got Swordsman and uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so is there a lot of that going on? Well, so this is a big <laughs> issue. It's a yes. This is a yes. Surely. This is a yes, Ben. Ben, we finally found our supervillain origin story. I'm off the Galway <laughs> to join the circus. Uh, well, no, I was just going to say the reason it comes about is because um, the uh, the traditional touring circus is, you know, is an itinerant organization. It's it's. Um, uh, it's supposed to be moving from town to town, from place to place. And not only that, but when it arrives in a town, because of the, you know, again, we're talking trad circus here, but because of the nature of often having animal, wild animals involved and lots of space needed, usually they would stay on the outside of town, on the outskirts 
of a town. So it's like they came close to a town, but not quite in. So if you have people who all of a sudden arrive near your town and there are lots of strangers, and particularly because circus is such an international pursuit, um, we often say that circus knows no borders. Usually you'll have people from lots of different countries with different skin colors talking in languages that aren't American. And you'll, you know, you'll suddenly, you know, the local sheriff will get his, uh, you know, his, the, the hairs on the back of his neck will stand up. And if something happens in town, like something gets stolen, then of course, who's the first person to blame? Only the, um, the, 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 the bunch of artists who've just swanned into town and are now trying to, to, to get their money. Um, what I would say is that's, I would not say that that's very common um, because you won't tour very long if you're robbing and murdering in every town you go into. But I will say there is a tradition of being a bit of a confidence artist, a bit of a trickster. Um, the word uh, carny is thrown around a lot in circus. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's uh, I once was, I once got um, free tickets to a circus show, but in order to get the tickets, I had to go up to the t- t- ticket desk and say, hello, I'm a carny. And uh, they <laughs> gave me the, the free tickets. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a word that's thrown around a lot, but uh, yeah, you know, I wouldn't say every, you know, the word mark is also used sometimes to describe audiences, um, not in the youth circus world, but in some of the more, you know, kind of um, profit driven organizations that I've heard of. Um, they're really just looking for you to spend your money and whatever way they can get you to do that is the is the uh, is is what they will do um so it's uh yeah uh, there there have been some circuses of ill repute none of which have i been associated with and uh i think the kind of it's the blowing in and out of town that makes a circus um very attractive as a villain yeah because there's lots of them in the history of comics and, and movies and tv shows the obviously the the evil circus from Hawkeye is the really famous yeah. one, but the circus um, of crime, Michael. Circus yeah, of crime, literally called the circus of crime, Ben, which I thought gave it away. Not of a red flag, I would have supposed, of, but it it goes all flag. the way. It goes all the way back to people like Ray Bradbury and creating things like Something Wicked This Way Comes. That's mm-hmm. that's his kind of famous carnival comes to town, carnival slash circus comes to town and ruins things. But yeah. it, it does seem like the youth involvement side, especially here in Ireland, uh, Stephen, is is all about community and really reinforcing a network. We we had the pleasure of actually seeing the short movie that you were describing there. I didn't. Um, you didn't put it in the notion, Ben. I did put it in the notion. I didn't say it. <laughs> did it was in the notion, but it it really seemed from from some of the testimonials and that and and you know from from what people were saying, there's a real um, and if you'll excuse the terrible pun, there's a real safety net in the oh. circus community for at risk youth and things like that. It yeah. it is very much a a building people back up. I liked I liked what you said earlier about you know, teaching you to fail and yeah. anyone that I've ever come into contact with who has experience with circus um, and more importantly, circus skills um, raves about it. It is it is very much a beloved part of people's lives. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a virus. Like, I mean, I started off um, when I lived in Galway first, I had just finished my PhD and I was unemployed and um 
you know, the the kind of dole person um, suggested I do a bit of volunteering because it was a good way to get to know people. Um, and the the circus that uh, Galway Community Circus that I've mentioned a couple of times now, they um, were looking for a, a native English speaker to write their newsletter. And um, as everyone who worked there was non-native, I mean, they had perfect English, but it was just it was a little bit more time consuming for them. Um, so I was. Uh, I was their newsletter writer um, for a few months and then I, they, I just kind of started working and then suddenly my whole life began to revolve around the circus and I, uh, it was only COVID really that stopped me working full time for the circus um, or in the circus world. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it, it really is, I, 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 I can't you know kind of sing its praises highly enough because it's it's if you can get comfortable uh standing in front of people performing and failing and knowing that a failure or a mistake is just an opportunity to learn um you will find in your day-to-day life it's much easier uh, to handle rejection and stress and different things like that. Um, it's a, it's, it's wonderful in the way that Dick Grayson exemplifies taking a tragedy and using that to mold his response and his behavior into becoming a, a superhero and uh, I know Robin is kind of um you know often maligned but if you think about if you if you were to think about him in real life for a minute you know uh just like Batman he had his his parents you know cruelly taken from him but he doesn't unlike Batman he doesn't go into this dark brooding uh, you know kind of um slightly obsessive uh you know, trauma response. He, he instead becomes kind of a supportive character, a helping character, one who's always looking for the, the good in other people and, you know, uh, holding Batman to a, a kind of a, a, a code or to a standard that he really believes in. And I think that he's a great example of what the circus can do for someone. It can, it can really give you the skills to develop by yourself, to develop in your own way, as opposed to imposing skills on you and imposing a moral code like some other, you know, um, after school pursuits might. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, No, I mean, yeah, you couldn't get a a much better review of it there, could you? Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. He's like Batman, but he's much less of a dick about it. Less leather, more joy. Um, More joy, yeah. Less leather, more joy. Magic Uh, and wonder. Thanks to the circus. Ladies and gentlemen, you are far less likely to join a circus of crime and be sabotaged by the machinations of the local gangs and far more likely to find a set of lifelong skills and community uh, if you join the circus. You heard it here first from our circus expert. Just throw a few, throw a few plugs out there. 
just while, right while, ahead, while I Stephen. have the attention. If anyone's in Dublin and they wanted to get involved in youth circus, there's Dublin Circus Project, uh, which is they run classes for young people. There's also Taking Flight in Fibsborough, uh, which is a circus school that I'm uh, very in, uh, involved with, and they are absolutely wonderful. There's um, in Cork, there's Cork Circus Factory. In Galway, of course, you already know about it. If you're listening in Galway, you know about Galway Community Circus. It's the uh, biggest youth circus in Ireland um, one of the biggest in the world and it's certainly without doubt the best and if you're up north of the border there's Belfast Circus which used to be called which sorry no it is used to be called Belfast Community Circus now it's Circus Full um, and they'd be a great organisation to get in touch with and um, if you're abroad there's probably a circus in your area and if you're not a youth if you're old like me and you want to get involved they most of these organisations will also do evening classes for grown-ups um, so do get involved because you're never too young or too old to run away with the circus and it was the best decision I've ever made in my life so I uh, strongly recommend it and, and and if you'd like to know more um, I'm sure Mick and Ben or no if you want to know more hop up on that discord and ask me myself because I'm on the discord hop up on it hop up on that discord baby we will, we will. I couldn't ask for a better wrap up, Stephen. You can also get in touch with us through our Instagram at your luxury listen uh, podcast. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at your luxury listen, um, and we will pass any queries on uh, to Stephen J. Cadwell. We will also have some of his information and some of the links that he just mentioned down below in the descriptions of these episodes. Stephen, thank you so so much for coming on. And You're very welcome. Dusting away. And- just nope. to finish off by saying um, I'm actually Mick and Ben's Dungeon Master in Dungeons and Dragons not his daddy in some weird you know sex game some weird psychosexual sex game you've ruined the excitement for me now Stephen nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing wrong with it but uh, yeah I'm going to give Mick 10 experience points and deduct 50 from Ben so Ah, sound. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you can join us in a week's time where it'll be the day before Valentino's Day. So we'll probably do some kind of romance-related shenanigans. Oh, shit. Uh, (laughs) Next week when we take a look at that. So get in touch with us that. If you can think of any episodes that might be interesting to do for Valentine's Day, get in touch with us at the places we listed below. Thank you so much again, Stephen. And uh, Mick, do you want to do your your, your funny little bit there? Oh, there's no better way to take the sting out of a funny little bit than say Mick's going to do a funny little bit now. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's why All I did right. it. See you, see you next Tuesday, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> see you next Tuesday.